Okay, we are live. Are you ready to do this, Ms. King? I'm ready, Mr. Thomas. Let's do it. This is Darnell Broadcast Houston. This is Dr. Tamara Beckford. Hey, this is Candace. This is London Underwood. This is Kirsten Bass with Inner City Greens, and you're watching. Y'all are now tuned in to KTTV. 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 Is that right? Look, that never gets old. <laughs> what it do, KTTV? This is KT, and I'm coming at you live with another episode of the Daily K Podcast. And on today's episode, we taking it back to the leaf, y'all. I have a leaf ISD board member and forever educator, Miss Jennifer Key. How you doing tonight, Miss Key? I'm doing great, and I really appreciate that forever educator. Hey. But I was in administration longer than I was in the classroom, <laughs> but never lost that um, feeling of being a teacher. I was forever a teacher. Yeah, you never. And and the good part about it is, um, yeah, it's like riding a bike. You Even when you get out a little rusty, once you get back in there, it'll come back. I had to step in the class this year. Um, and, you know, just working with the kids is just uh, modeling. And so once I just got my feet under me, <laughs> my partner said, I see you thriving. <laughs> so fun times. Um, just getting to have this conversation uh, but before that, I always like to do a check-in uh, because wellness is so important at this time, right? So how have you been doing and how have you been staying safe out here, Ms. Keith? I have stayed home for the most part, except mm -hmm. for required um, outings, like to the physician. I had groceries picked up at the curbside, mm -hmm. those kinds of things. So my husband and I have stayed well Yes. He's continued to go into the office. Some days he worked from home, depending on the level of the virus spreading around his office building. The one thing that I miss the most during all of this is my children live far away. Um, the week I was going to go visit my daughter in Portland, Oregon, my flight got canceled because of uh, COVID restrictions. I have been able to visit with them now, so I feel much better. But yeah, And my yeah. son lives in Germany. So, like, how how long was it? Uh, when when's the last time have you seen it? I saw them both in October. I went okay. to Germany, and then when I came back, I went mm -hmm. to Portland, Oregon. My grandson in Germany had only I met him when he was born, and then shortly after that was uh, the pandemic. Yeah, and so we talked on uh, FaceTime all the time. And when I arrived there, he was just waking up from a nap, and they asked if he wanted to see me. And he said, yes, thinking FaceTime, he saw me sitting on the couch and ran out of the room crying. Yeah, just afraid. He, it, he was afraid. It's like, <laughs> you belong in the telephone. Yes. telephone. yes, wow. So so awesome to hear that story. Um, you know, just thinking about how it, it kept a lot of people away. I had a friend of mine named Barbara, uh, Barbara Bray, big shout out. Uh, she's in California and, uh, you know, uh, uh, immune, like immune deficiency. And so she hadn't seen her kids in like a year. Um, you know, so yes, it's going through it. So now as we get into the work tonight and, and talking about our district, talking about our community, uh, give us a little bit of background on you, uh, your work in Special Pops. And also when you decided to retire, <laughs> was continuing on the board and the plans. Okay. Um, I've been in the community for 44 years. Uh, when I first lived here, there were I lived at Corporate and Town Park. When I looked out my patio, there were cows in the field behind me. Sharpstown was the end of the world. Um, 
And that has changed quite a bit. We were pretty suburban at that time, and now we're pretty urban. Uh, I've always intended to be an advocate for children. And after my children started school, I started teaching in the school district and loved every minute of it. Loved the way the community has developed, the way my children were educated in the district, the fine people that they met and the teachers that they had. And now seeing my young adult children's friends come back to the community and teach and be administrators uh, has been awesome. I love it. I did not plan immediately to be on the school board, but after retiring, I missed the atmosphere. I still continue to volunteer in different capacities, but also wanted the opportunity to um, make sure that all the programs that I uh, loved about special populations and at-risk students were followed through with, and that even though I don't have a say in the day-to-day business of the district, I do have influence and I could be supportive and advocate for those populations in my role as a school board member. Yeah. And the good thing about it is, you know, it's one thing to kind of retire and say, you know, I'm still fighting for this cause. I still want this. But it's another thing to say, I'm still going and I'll be on the ground, uh, you know, still making sure. And you don't have to pay me a thing. Right. So, so awesome. man. So, now thinking about your work on the board, um, give us a little bit more of your title um, and can your role on the school board and how long have you been a trustee? I've been, this is my fifth year as a trustee. Uh, I'm the assistant secretary on the board and that doesn't involve a lot of uh, activity, but it does, it, it comes into play. We have the secretary, Dr. Lily Trong, who manages that position for the most part. I'm a member of the um, evaluation committee uh, that evaluates the superintendent and the job that the board itself is doing. I'm also um, was a member of Dr. Bro's committee on policy uh, measures and was with her when she started developing the equity policy for the district. And and I'm happy to you know take on any role that the president feels that I'm suited for. Uh, Ann Williams is very good at putting people where their talents best benefit what the board work is. Ah, okay, okay. And so that that's how it works. So once you're elected, the uh, president kind of says, okay, well, I'll need you in this role. She does, but she also consults with you. It's not like, yeah. because we all have equal mm-hmm. uh, power under the board, our roles yeah. are just somewhat different. Mm. And she helps plan the monthly agenda. You talk to her if you want to add something to the agenda. So she coordinates, but we all have an equal vote. Yes. And once we vote, even if we disagree with each other's opinion sometimes, if a measure is passed, then we all support it because we're a corporate body. So we don't go out and say, well, I didn't vote for that. We support whatever the initiative was. Mm-hmm. And thinking about those initiatives uh, and and being uh, elected, like how do you kind of, so in between those years, I remember you said uh, when we were talking off that it was an off year, how do you stay connected to the constituents um, as an elected board member in the community? Since I've been in the community for so long, I have a a large network of friends that live and work here as well. 
I've taught in the district for 25 years. The people I worked with certainly know me and advocated for me, but a lot of those people also live in the district and have supported my my efforts in the school board. I'm also on social media. A lot of people look at my social media and decide if they like what I promote or not. What I do, I, I have very strong opinions about politics, but I try to leave that out of my school board role because I support all students. It doesn't matter what the political affiliation of their parents are. My job is to be nonpartisan and to always guard the um, rights of the students and the staff in a nonpartisan way to make the best decisions that I can make with that always in my mind. Yeah, and that's all we ask, okay? Uh, You know, you just got to make the best decision for everybody under that umbrella. Awesomeness. And so thinking about these classroom days. Uh, with so many teachers, you know, as we know, we talked about going through this struggle. We're working on staying safe uh, and, and putting students sometimes first before anything. As you make those decisions and, and being a part of that board, um, how do you intentionally remind yourself of the classroom days as you make those decisions for teachers? I strongly remember my days in the classroom, and it was always a hard job. And I remember that I thought it was a hard job and I worked hard at it, but I didn't have the same experiences that our recent teachers have uh, with all the state testing. Uh, I taught science in middle school. Uh, there's a lot more state testing, the, the pivot they had to make to do online teaching and then a hybrid form of online and in classroom. I don't honestly know if I could do that or not. It is extremely stressful. And so every time I make a decision, I think about how they would feel. And I know that the district has some good processes in place through the Educational Improvement Council, through the teacher group that meets with the superintendent, to communication with the teacher organizations that support teachers in the classroom. And when I look out into the community, I I remember those teacher faces. I remember my colleagues and I remember the students whom they serve. And I try to to do the best I can by them. And I'm also proud to be part of a team on the board that they don't have agendas, personal agendas for being on the board. Right now, the single focus is on, on making sure we make good decisions that support support our educational community. And while we sometimes disagree, we we are professional about it and we are respectful of each other. And I think that is very, very important. Communication in all aspects of life, particularly board life, uh, board communication. Communication is the is a, a great important deal, big yeah. deal. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I think about, you know, as you think about those decisions, when I think about the pandemic, I, I remember we went home, right? We just never came back. And so, but at the same time, we were still figuring out how to go to school. You all were still having those meetings. And so I think about um, how they always show the, the president inside the situation room and everybody sitting around like, <laughs> so how was it going through that, um, you know, just getting ready to 
like you say, make that pivot. And then you have to make those quick decisions that affect thousands of people amidst something that like, it was so unknown back then. So how was it? While we were not involved in the direct day-to-day -day interactions with the district, the superintendent was, and he kept us well informed of what was going on. That was a hard transition for me. Having been in the trenches, it was hard for me to move from the, gov from the governance or the teacher level to the governance level and making sure I stayed clear of the going below the line. We call it getting in the weeds. But there were hard decisions, and probably for all the superintendents across the country, not just in Texas, not just at ALEAF, those decisions had to be done quickly. We didn't have a lot of information. Um, we were afraid in some cases for our own health or family health, afraid that our students uh, would be endangered. Safety is one of our top priorities. And teachers who had conflicts between doing what was best for their family and themselves and doing what they needed to do in the classroom. I, I don't know any of our teachers who are not committed to what they're doing. And then conflicting information. I've tried to always follow the science behind the pandemic. And sometimes that's hard when science and politics get messed up or mixed up. And that was the case with the mask mandate. So the, the, County commissioner was telling us wear mask, mandating wearing mask. And the governor was telling us you can't mandate wearing a mask. Well, what do you do? Because we knew that it was going to play out in court. And some districts started with the mandate, they moved out of the mandate, they moved back to the mandate, they moved. And so it was very confusing for everyone. So we were trying to keep confusion at a minimum and encouraging instead. And as it turns out, very few people uh, didn't follow the, the guidelines. I would watch students get off the bus and they had their mask on sitting on the bus. They got off the bus with their mask on. I would see kids walking down my sidewalk by my house from Holub and Mata. They still had their mask on with each other. Now I see them taking their mask off more now. Yeah as they're coming out of the school building. But for the most part, they are still wearing their mask at school. The staff members were very cooperative and encouraging, and it didn't seem to be a large problem for us. Um, I know that some districts have had problems with um, outside people, not even parents and teachers, but, but um, agitators. And we've been lucky who come into board meetings to promote their political views about mask wearing over the, the health rules for mask wearing. So we've been very fortunate that we haven't had much of that. Um, it's It's been a, a tightrope for yeah. the board and for the superintendent. Yeah. You don't want to fall into the pit. Yeah. Ooh, you got that one right, because I'm telling you, um, even now, you see it. It's so much, um, so much drama that's surrounding. Like you say, once those two sides mix with the politics and and the, uh, the health or the science. So as you look back at all that, though, um, you know, just being from this community, uh, working in the district, putting in the, the the board work, what are you the most proud of? Well, uh, for the teacher part of it, I'm really proud of 
how they embraced this quick turnaround. The staff at the administration building, the instructional staff, created a plan out of thin air, basically, to put in place. So they spent their spring break at the ad building putting these plays, uh, things in place. Dr. Pam Lowe um, was strategic as part of that. And then the teachers came back. And while there was some anxiety over doing this, they all gave it their best shot. So I'm extremely proud of the instructional staff for staying in there and giving it their best shot. As far as the community goes, I think the community support for teachers and for each other was at a high level. Just like we've dealt with crises in the past through hurricanes, floods, um, other disasters that the community comes together. I'm thinking about, was it Harvey? Where Aleaf was not as impacted as some of the surrounding areas, but Taylor High School was opened as a temporary shelter to support our families. And the nursing staff came in and basically created a clinic there to help these displaced people uh, survive. I went to, to deliver some groceries and blankets and the line was so long, I was out on Sugarland Howell to drop off my stuff. It was it was an incredible display of community spirit. And I think we saw the same thing during COVID. Yeah. There's a community spirit about A-Leaf where everybody's important. Everybody cares about each other. And that's one of the reasons I love A-Leaf so much. It's my home. It's it's my home. Yeah, that's it. I agree. I love it. <laughs> you know, uh, like I say, you, you, you're still moving around. But at the same time, I live in a house that was built in like 1976, right? So I still get to see, you know, just just old stuff. And I got old stuff that lasts, that's been around for a while. Right. Only you can find it in that leaf. <laughs> right. So now when you think about teacher teacher input, um, and, and how, how do you believe that the teacher input is in the district as far as working with the board and making those decisions? Um, do you think that we are making enough, um, I guess, segue in, into what teachers are doing? And, and how does that impact in the work with the students? Like, do you think that their voice is being heard through just those committees? Or is it another way that teachers should look to get their voice out to, uh, you know, people who are making the bigger decisions? Well, they could even have campus uh, cohort groups where they discuss what is our important issue, go through the protocols of taking it to their EIC and and deciding how to move that up the, the chain to yeah. who would be next in line to hear their needs. Certainly the area superintendents do a great job of being on campuses and listening. I think communication again is key to this. Now there are 6,000 employees yeah. about in ALEAF and you're not going to please everyone. Yeah. Everyone's not going to be pleased with the decisions but we're gonna to try to do what's right. And we don't mind hearing from people. In fact, we want them to talk to us. They can send the board members emails while we don't uh, make the day-to-day -day decisions. We do want to hear how they feel about those day-to-day -day decisions. Yeah. For instance, we just voted on the calendar Ooh. and I think they did such a good job of getting input from all the campuses, the EIC people, the district EIC, 
is voted on by teachers uh, in the classroom and other district employees. So they do have a representative. Uh, I think there are two elementary, and I can't remember the exact makeup of the district EIC. So they have a voice that way. And again, the teacher groups that meet with the superintendent, if you're not part of that group, find a way to communicate with someone who is. Um, Just, you know, make your voice heard in other ways other than it's not going to always be your way. And hopefully everyone's adult enough to understand that it can't be 100% your way all the time. And you may not have the, I'm guilty of it. When I was a classroom teacher, it's like, why did they decide that? And then as I moved up in administration, I realized that as a classroom teacher, my perspective was very different and at a different level. And then when you move up to the superintendent's level, he is looking at um, a very broad perspective of the whole district, not just the single classroom. And having to, there was an episode, and please don't judge my age based on this, of Ed, I think it was on the Ed Sullivan show, so a while ago, hey. where, uh, <laughs> where this, um, I don't know what you would call him, a comedian maybe, was on stage spinning plates on top of spindles. And I feel like that's kind of the superintendent's role. You're up there spinning plates on all these spindles, and maybe one falls off and breaks, but you're doing a great job of trying to keep everything spinning. But sometimes a break break happens, and it's not because he doesn't care about your particular concern. It's because the and the board as well, have a much broader perspective of mm-hmm. what's going on. Yeah. Now, I think about so much with um, with fine arts, right, with what's coming up with music. I see, uh, as I read, I see other districts that are pulling music programs. Um, and I think about what we're doing with places like the Career Center or, or um, you know, just in the, in the building. So how important of a role uh, do you think that plays in the education of our students? And just double checking. Are we looking at taking anything away? Have we talked about that? We have not talked about doing away with any of those programs because I think all of us recognize how important they are. This is what keeps some students in school, keeps them connected. And we know that when students are connected to a smaller group within a large group, and we have very large high schools, that that connection keeps them through graduation and we want that to happen. Both of my kids were in band uh, four years apart. So I spent eight years at Friday night football games Woo. as part of that. So between athletics and the fine arts and performing arts programs, I do think it's important for students. Two of my grandsons in Portland, Oregon, what most people think of as a liberal uh, community, Oregon is the second from the bottom in education funding. And for my grandson to have band in middle school, it's supported by the PTA. A fine arts award granted them half a salary, and then the PTA had to come up with another. I don't see that happening here. And I know that ALEAF has always been recognized uh, for the quality of its fine arts programs uh, and their performing arts. Our students don't necessarily have all the uh, same advantages that some of our more affluent districts have, such as private lessons. Um, They've been creative in helping develop those experiences for students. I know that we just had several students 
qualify for region and state at UIL. Uh, our, our art students um, qualified as finalists in the rodeo program. We have gold medal, gold, gold key students in, in the art programs. We have some very fun uh, performances that go on Alif Jazz Ballet. Um, all those individual programs are so important to our kids, that would not be something that would be first on my agenda mm-hmm. to yeah. cut. And hopefully we never have to make that decision for that to happen. I think if that had to happen, education as we know it would be yep. gone. Yep. I think public education will have taken a huge leap off of a, a crater that they couldn't climb back out of. I think it's so important. Today, the communicator was delivered to the homes in the district, and it's full of the good things that our students are involved in. On the front page of it was the aviation program at Elsick High School, and it's comprised of students from all the high schools. And Mr. Bailey, the teacher, um, is invested in it and the mentors that come. I was able to visit it a couple of weeks ago and the work they're doing in there is phenomenal. It is affirming to see kids so engaged in something that is so personal to them. They all love it. They're all doing extremely well and they're connected. Um, Our art students, our performing arts, our visual arts, they're all connected and it makes a difference in their academics. Band no. is math and science. I'm telling you. Look, look. Um, and when you think about, um, you know, like you said, going out to the communicator and getting us word out uh, about the academics, but also about all these programs. I think about the enrollment post the pandemic, right? And so we're, we're getting people in, but we're still like maybe shy of, of that number. In your professional experience, how do we get out into that community and bring those kids back into the school? Well, one of the things we did a couple of years ago, and of course the pandemic really hurt it, was to start the late bus program. So um, transportation was a big issue for many of our students and the late bus program um, helped those students connect with those uh, programs and clubs after school. Getting out into the community, we have um, I would like us to see more, do more work with like apartment managers and provide um, community centers within apartments that students can connect to. And a lot of them have done that. There are homework homework spaces. There are uh, after school spaces for elementary students and they connect through the after school program with families and in the community. Um, I guess my dream, and this is not a board thing, this is a Jennifer Key thing, is making a school, and I'm thinking either a middle school or an intermediate school that would create six zones of community development. And each of those schools would act as a community center that parents could easily get to, uh, that wasn't too far geographically. And and Aleph is geographically small, but still, if you don't have a car, it's hard to go from the west end of the district to the east end of the district. So, and having the library open, having computers available, having uh, volunteers come in and 
do things with the kids. I was part of the girls club growing up. An older woman came in and taught me how to knit. We had someone that came in and taught piano. I know there are a lot of uh, staff members in the district that have gifts to offer in after school time and they can't commit to every day, but they could commit to a six week cooking class and those kinds of things. I would love to see because A-Leaf, the identity of A-Leaf is centered around the school district. It is the school district and the international district is building up their identity. And I see us on the verge of having an identity of um, kind of like South Congress, they call it SoCo in Austin, or even SoHo in New York, but having a community that embraces all of the diversity that we have to offer and people strive to wanna to be here. They want to be in this community and experience all of the diversity it has to offer and grow from that. And I think A-Leaf does diversity well. Yeah, yeah. Let's check out a few of the comments. Uh, so Ms. Boston said, thank you for supporting all students. Uh, uh, hey, Ms. Tugia, I love this guy, man. He said, transportation is an issue uh, for sure, especially for our families along the Beltway in the apartment communities. Um, but what he says, I can't wait to see the community up and right. <laughs> uh, I think about, I, I talked to you a little bit earlier about um, what I was doing with the men in the community. And so uh, Isaac was there uh, on a panel. Uh, we met at a barbershop right on Cook Road. Uh, and we sit around and we kind of talked about the work that we we're doing. Uh, matter of fact, I was going to send out the date this weekend for our next meetup, but we're creating like a citizen school uh, for um, like young men in, in the community. And so uh, we got these people who are working um we're in their respective fields, but they're willing to create a mentor program. So we'll get together, kind of plan out what that would look like. And our goal is to kind of have an event, uh, maybe at the garden or somewhere like that. And so then we'll be able to pull in those young men who um, will transfer that hopefully from outside the school back into the school and being just a better community member. So uh, big shouts out to Isaac for that work right there. Um, so now Ms. Key, tell us about the campaign. I don't know when's the next election, but uh, what's the plan? What's the strategy here? I'm one year into my new term or half a year mm -hmm. into okay. my new term. I was uh, reelected in November. And so my next election, it's a four-year term. So my mm -hmm. ne next election is a little bit away. Yeah. By then I will be a little bit older. And depending on the choices my husband makes and and um, as far as retirement, then I will make a decision a little bit later down the road about yeah. rerunning. And regardless of whether or not I run for the board again and am reelected, I will still be part of this community and look for ways to, to give back. I think that's kind of what we're called to do as community people is that we we contribute to the healthiness and the wellness of, of the community by taking care of the people that live there. And, and that's a, a responsibility I don't take lightly. There's a, my favorite quote, quote for years and years has been one, it's, it was pasted above my desk so that I would always remember it is from Yehuda Bauer. He was a, a Jewish historian and he said, thou shalt not be a perpetrator Thou shalt not be a victim, but most of all, thou shalt not be a bystander. Mm. I don't want to be a bystander. Yeah. 
on any of the important things that happen in our community. And I want to be involved and supportive and positively proactive. I don't want to come in with both barrels blazing and trying to tear anyone down. We need to have civil discourse on whatever side of the issue yeah. you're falling on. And sometimes that's very hard. Very hard, especially especially that. Exactly. <laughs> I love that though. Thou shalt not be a bystander. Hey, reminds me a little bit of the the Dare program. Hey, <laughs> from years ago. Yes, about victims, bullies, and bystanders. Yeah, I think that was the the thing. Yeah, I did want to give a quick shout out. I didn't really know what I should wear today, so I opted for being a community member. And if you see my T-shirt, it says A Leaf One. Yeah. And this this shirt reminds me of why it's so important to be supportive of our students. Was a fundraiser for the um, future teachers that I hope come to A Leaf. So it's part of Toffee fundraiser. And every time I put this on, I remember that we have students and dedicated teachers who give these children an opportunity to volunteer in the district, to get classroom experiences. Before they spend four years in college earning a degree, they may not be totally suited for. And I'm proud to say that program supports our grow your own mission of teachers are hard to get. And after this pandemic, it's going to be even harder because teachers are tired and they're burned out. We need to encourage this generation to, come back and be part of that educational community and be advocates to make sure that teachers are respected, that they get the, the pay they deserve and the respect they deserve for being in the classroom. And it's all of our jobs to make that happen. So being a political advocate in Austin, it starts in our community. We have a, a legislative agenda during every legislative session year. And we work through TASB as well. And we go to Austin. Dr. Darlene Bro and I and uh, Ms. Ann Williams all went to Austin to advocate for policy changes that supported our students. So it's important to be that that person, to be that person who wants this to happen. Yeah. And speaking of Dr. Bro, um, when you read the quote, uh, it, it put me in uh, the mind state of when she was on because she read a poem, right? And so, uh, but she just uh, mentioned then, I must say the serving on the school board with Trustee Key has been a wonderful experience. Mrs. Key is no bystander and is a phenomenal leader in the area of education. That's what it's about right there, giving you the flowers. <laughs> I actually consider Dr. Bro a sister of my heart, not a yeah. sister by blood, yeah. but we work together years ago in the district uh, in special populations. Mm -hmm. So sure we've is. known each other for a long time and we have so much in common and, yeah. and I love her. Yeah, I She's love a her wonderful too. colleague. She's Most wonderful. definitely. She is. Hey, <laughs> well, uh, Ms. Key, I sure thank you for uh, taking some time out of the busy schedule, just coming on um, and, and giving us some of your knowledge, some of your background, but uh, just also some of the hope, right? That, that we are still here and we are still kicking as a community in A-Leaf. Yeah, we're still here and we'll still be here. Yeah, all right. So that will do it for tonight's show. This is KT for KTTV signing out. 100.
This is Darnell Broadcast Houston. This is Dr. Tamara Beckford. Hey, this is Candace. This is Linda Underwood. This is Kirsten Bass with Inner City Greens, and you're watching. Y'all are now tuned in to KTTV. 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 Is that right? <laughs>